I was beginning to wonder if there was anyone out there who still loved these Saints and rooted for them to win and said, let's go to the playoffs. I was really wondering. Then I put up a post yesterday about 1140 about how light the Dome crowd was. And what do you know, 140, 150, when the people in those little cracks in the woodwork were sure they were going to win, they came out. They lambasted me. And you know what? I kind of dig it. So, you know, we're going to have a positive show today or as positive as I can possibly have because one person on Twitter said, can the negativity, pal. So we're going to do it today. If you want a show full of negativity, you need to go find another one. It's going to be at least mostly positive on Datitude coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are like going, hey, you, Tommy DeVito. You better go back to your mama's house. Better go back to your room and cry about it. You got your ass whooped. 24 to 6, the score is much less important than what took place in the Superdome for a little over three hours on Sunday. Hello, everybody. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. And this is a happy, I mean, I don't know, how long has it been since we've had a happy show? Happy, happy, joy, like real happy, happy, joy, joy. Been a while. This is a happy datitude for a Monday, December the 18th, 2023, episode number 199. That's right, boys and girls. It is the last show before Christmas, and it's show number 199. We are not going to have a show uh, later this week. Saints playing the Rams on Thursday in a short week. We're going to take some time off. We won't be back again until next week. I'm sure you all will be very upset about that. Uh, But today is going to be a happy show. And look, I had, uh, I've had all kinds of comments coming towards me in all sorts of form or fashion. My friend JJ, who, who, is, uh, who, who texts me at least once a week, uh, if not during a game, certainly after a game, he says, kudos to the Saints. Solid win against a team they should beat. However, I'm not falling for the banana and the tailpipe with this staff. See, it's not all positive. There will, capital will, be a collapse in these last three games. Bank on it. They are giving false hope right now against bad teams. This team would get embarrassed in the playoffs. You know what I say to that? I have a simple response. It's what I said on Thursday on the show, or Friday, I guess. False hope is better than no hope. What's the difference between false hope and real hope? There is none. You, you, you don't know what, when this team is going to fall apart. I mean, we, have a, we might have a sneaky suspicion that this isn't the real team, but I told you the other day, 
What does losing get you? It gets you nothing. So enjoy it while it lasts if they're winning. And the Saints yesterday or on Sunday, depending on when you're listening to this, there is little doubt in my mind. I said this on uh, Saints Insider Podcast right after the game yesterday. I think my opinion is that this was the most put-together performance this team has had all year. Now, you can point to the Patriots game, and to me that was the last game where they played there where they were actually really good. You could point to that game and say that game was more complete, but I think it's a little misleading. That 34 to nothing win was a little misleading. I said it then, I'll say it now. Teran Matthew doesn't get the pick six. They weren't doing anything in the first quarter. That kind of changed the game. The offense still didn't play that great, and the Patriots just fell apart. At no point yesterday did I feel like the Giants quit. That was the biggest difference between this game and the Patriots game. And the Saints simply just whipped their ass. The Patriots game, Mac Jones was terrible. He was just awful. And I got to give this DeVito kid credit. I thought he played pretty damn well. I mean, his numbers aren't outstanding. 20 of 34 for 177 yards. But to do was sack seven times, he had to go in the blue tent because he got hit so hard right before the end of the first half, came right back out in the second half. I thought he made some plays that I saw where he got nailed and knew he was going to get nailed and still waited and got the pass off, and most of the time they were accurate. I was impressed by Tommy DeVito. I got to give the dude credit. But you know what I was more impressed about? The New Orleans Saints. They had they were missing their right tackle. They were missing their number one receiver. They were missing their number one defensive back. And they didn't need him. They played, again, what I consider their most solid game of the year, which goes to show you what I said the other day. This team is clearly, and I mean clearly, the best team in this division. You can look at Tampa Bay and say, oh, look what they did in, in Green Bay yesterday. Green Bay's not any good. Saints gave away their game against Green Bay. We saw that earlier in the year. It's going to come back to bite them, probably. But I will tell you that I really think this Saints team, especially when they're healthy, will they be healthy again before the end of the year? Probably. Will players want to play? If you know who I'm talking about, now that they have a, chance, a realistic chance to be something. I mean, they could be the opposite of kind of what they were last year, right? I mean, last year when it counted and it mattered, they wilted like a flower. Now, they won three or four games in a row, whatever the hell it was at the end. What, three games in a row? That didn't matter. Once they lost to Tampa Bay, the light was out on this team. Three games in a row. They dropped the 4-9. and They ended up 7-10. and ten. So once they lost that game with Tampa Bay last year, they wilted like a flower. And this, and look, they still have games that are, that are must-wins coming up. I wouldn't call Thursday a must-win, but it's pretty close. But then you got Tampa Bay and Atlanta. you got to win both of those two. But here's the problem now. Tampa Bay keeps winning. Tampa Bay owns the tiebreakers. Even if... The Saints were to lose to Tampa Bay, I mean, beat Tampa Bay in week 17. If they finish tied, 
then Tampa Bay is going to go. Saints lose every tiebreaker everywhere. What do we think about this team? Are we buying in? Are we believing? A lot of people are not. But I will tell you this, going back to my original point, I've made a po- I put a post on Twitter yesterday. You can go back and check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, and I put a picture up of the Dome 20 minutes before the game. Now, a lot of people said, ah, 20 minutes, blah, 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 blah. Think back to the good days of the Saints. How long it took you to get in the Dome? How many people were in the Dome 40, 50, 60 minutes before a game? I don't want to hear that crap. Don't, don't give me that's 20 minutes before the game. I mean, I'm talking about it. It was a ghost town. Not only were the seats a ghost town, you could look through and see the concourse. The concourses were a ghost town. I left my house a half an hour later than I normally do. I pulled right into my spot to park like it was nothing. <coughs> Excuse me. And I mean nothing. I had no traffic anywhere. I pulled right into my spot. I walked right up to the press box and sat in my seat, and I was sitting there for about, I don't know, 10.35, 10.40. And that might not seem like anything to you, but I'm telling you, in years past, that doesn't happen. Even in the first game of the year this year, didn't happen, doesn't happen. Last year, I can tell you this like I remember it like it was yesterday. First game of the year, season opener. I left my house in Mandeville at 8.50. I got into my seat in the top of the press box as they were kicking off. That's how different it is from then to now. Just a year, just a little over a year ago. So people on Twitter, and I, I, again, I like it. I'm happy that they're defending this team because I didn't know if that I would ever see it again or at least anytime soon. There were people coming out all over the place. Luke Patton, people got there and the crowd was fine. My friend J.T. Hannon says it filled in. Evan Jower, not great crowd, but seems more than 60% full because that's what I came back with. If you go through and look at the pictures, because people were coming back, and I took a picture in the third quarter. And sure, it looked full from the periphery. It probably looked full on TV. But it's the architecture, the way they paint the seats. If you look closely, you'll see that the dome was probably 60% full. It was louder than it was against Carolina. People were definitely more into it. The fact that they played much better yesterday mattered to the people that were there. Was the crowd bigger than it was against Carolina? Maybe a tinge, but not much. If anything, it was because there were more Giants fans than there were Panther fans because there were, like, no Panther fans there last week. The point is that I'm just glad to see that there are positive. There are people backing up the Saints. There are people, maybe this is more a case of them defending Saints fans, but it's not all haters. It's not all people out there rooting for their team to lose. And honestly, that's all I've seen the past three weeks. Now, look, there were plenty of people on here who were taking my photo and blowing it up and, and sending it to people and saying out there, I hope they lose. And, you know, here's one. Uh, let Mickey Loomis tell it. It's because we broke. Uh, I stand on that. Let's see. What else we got? A boycott with a bunch of laughing emojis. 
Uh, Trevor Norris says, watching us suck from the streets in the French Quarter is a lot more enjoyable than paying and watching from inside the stadium at this point. Uh, somebody else, the dome is completely filled, LMAO. Ragnar of Gooey, whoever that is. This is the product of Mickey Loomis telling our fans, our goal is still right in front of us, crap. He acts like we dumb or something. Doesn't matter if we win or lose this game. The coaching staff play calling planning is sub-high school quality. Miguel Molinar, I love that fans are doing this. Fire the, the fools. It goes on and on and on and on and on. That's mostly what I got yesterday. Until they started winning. Until they started winning. Until it was clear the Saints were going to win the game. And then there were no more of that. And it changed. Like, all of a sudden, changed out of nowhere. Shows the mentality of this fan base. It's what I said the other day. I think some of those people might have even been some of the same people who wanted it, said, I want them to lose every game. No, you don't. No real fan wants them to lose every game. It's, it's, it's not normal. It's like a dying man with cancer. I just want to die and get it over with. Nobody wants to die. Nobody wants their teeth to suck. It's, no, it's really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, of course, on the scale of what's important in life, it's way different. But the thought process, the mentality is not any different. And I'm making fun and I'm defending the haters at some point because I'm showing pictures of the third quarter because it's really not any better. I stick to uh, my statement of, by the way, who saw it on Twitter, I stick to it. They don't give us actual attendances anymore, but they know what it is. I bet it wasn't much more than 50,000. I got a couple people coming back at me on that and trying to show me pictures from far away where you can't zoom in and see empty seats. I gave them one where you can zoom in. Third quarter, go check it out. The loge was at best half full. The plaza was probably about 60% full. The terrace was more, more filled up because A, that's where the cheap seats are, and B, that's where the working crowd sits, and they're not going to waste their tickets. I had people telling me yesterday, that they had Christmas parties to go to and literally couldn't give their tickets away. It's just what it is. Are people buying in? I don't think so. They should, though. I mean, I, I know I'm all over the place. I'm half negative, and I guess I'm half positive. But what you saw yesterday from this team is a glimpse of what the capabilities should be. Does that mean they're going to play that way Thursday against the Rams? Hell no. Does that mean, because if they play this way, if they play the way they played yesterday, then they're going to go to the playoffs one way or another, whether they win the division or whatever. I mean, I think if they play this way, they win their last three games. Their toughest game the rest of the way is Thursday. You're just coming off, you're coming off a three-game homestand. You played your best game of the year. Now you got to go play a Rams team that, that is healthy, has one of the better young running backs in the NFL, has possibly the best receiver, or at least second best receiver. Tyreek Hill's hurt right now, so you could say Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the NFL. And you got a quarterback who's got a great receiving core and is being protected. It's a tough, this is a tough game. This is a playoff kind of game. 
Seven and seven Rams against the seven and seven Saints. You can hate all you want. This team showed us yesterday who they can be. And I don't know whether to be happy or pissed off, to be honest. Because it is frustrating when you see Derek Carr the play the way he played yesterday. Hate Derek Carr all you want. But that's the Derek Carr that I thought that this team was going to get. Oh, he only threw for 218 yards. You know what? Sometimes stats don't tell the story. He was 23 of 28. You know what stat does tell the story? More times than not, passer rating. He wasn't far off from perfect. 134.8. ESPN QBR of 87.8. That is outstanding. By any measure, anywhere. That's outstanding. He was outstanding. And he was doing it with kind of a makeshift offensive line. Ryan Ramchek didn't play. Starting right tackle. Landon Young was in there. Thought he did a great job. Derek Carr was only sacked once. Only pressured maybe three or four times in a game. The offensive line was great yesterday. I thought Derek Carr was great yesterday. I'd give him an A. Hate him all you want. But look at the game through, uh, try to be as objective as possible when you think about it afterwards. When you're watching and you're yelling at the TV or whatever you do and saying whatever you say, go ahead, say whatever you say, feel whatever you feel. But after the game's over, give them a realistic grade. Derek Carr gets an A yesterday. The coaching staff, though, man, I thought it twofold. You know, it was funny, talking about Derek Carr, it was hilarious almost. I, I mean, I'd almost go as far to say hilarious. To hear Dennis Allen in the post-game press conference, nobody wanted to ask him in the first five minutes about Derek Carr, so he made sure that he injected it himself. And, hey, to his benefit – He's, uh, he's got his players back. I kind of liked it, but it's the first time I've heard him do anything like this all year long. Yeah, well, look, I mean, we got a good veteran group, um, and they understand what's at stake. Um, and they had a good week of practice and went out and played well. And um, I thought some guys, you know, had to step up. Landon Young stepping up in place of Ryan Ramchak. I thought, you know, overall I thought the protection was really good, um, you know. I don't know if I'm getting questions about the quarterback this week, but I thought the quarterback played really well. Um, so we'll make sure we get that on record. Um, it was, uh, you know, effective, you know, game all in all three phases. Did you hear that little, he had a little attitude there, didn't he? I liked it. This is the Dennis Allen I wanted to see all year long. He had a little attitude there. Did you hear him kind of pound the table or the podium? Did you miss it? Listen to it. You know, um, man, that's what a coach is supposed. Uh, he's got attitude and a victory, almost like you a holes didn't think we could do any of this. Well, you know what? Yippee for you! You did it one game. Again, I don't know if I'm happy as a fan watching because I'm a fan too. I'm not going to deny that. I'm a sports writer. When I'm in the sitting in the press box, I don't cheer. Although I did cheer when Jimmy Graham scored because Jeff Duncan, by the way, I got to give props. Jeff Duncan uh, told me before the game that what he saw in practice, Jimmy Graham was going to score a touchdown. So I made sure that I went and betted everywhere. Sometimes it helps to have friends. So I did, I did cheer in the press box on that touchdown. 
But that was only because of my own personal monetary benefit. But I don't cheer in the press box. When I'm working, I'm working. When I'm watching at home, when they're on the road and I'm watching at home, I'm just like you. I'm a fan. So from a fan's perspective, I don't know whether I'm more happy or pissed off. Because had we seen this team all year long or at least 75% of the time, they'd be like 9-5 and five right now, running away with the division easily. Easily running away with the division. Where has this team been all year long? I don't know, man. Uh, but you enjoy it when you got it. And you know one thing that I thought was interesting, too, while we're on the topic of Derek Carr? Um, how, how I'm not going to say anything bad about Derek Carr today. There are some, I've had pauses, I guess, or reasons for concern the past month or so in what I've seen, and I've said what I've said about Derek Carr. But he came out yesterday. Have you ever seen a quarterback give a 20-minute post-game press conference? 20 minutes. How relieved was he to have a good game yesterday? Look, Derek Carr, when he's protected, he's good. When he's not protected or when he's injured, it's not good. He was protected. He only got sacked once. Yes. Go look at the games in which he was A, healthy, and B, had one sack or less. They're all good numbers. Yeah, uh, I just fe I felt it was just the validation of the positivity that we've been bringing, you know. I, I know at times it's been frustrating, you know, they're so positive and this kind of stuff. It's because what we, we don't just show up on Sunday, see each other, and like, hey, let's play a game together. You know, there's a lot of work that we've been putting in, and we're trying to get better. We, you know, the last three weeks in the red zone we've, have been so much better. Today going 50% on third down, against that defense, that's improvement, you know, and um, we all wanted it immediately. It didn't happen that way, and like I said, this is what we've earned, and, um, you know, we, we've been improving, and this was kind of that validation of the positivity that we felt, you know, you felt maybe from some of our guys. Maybe Derek Carr actually listens to the Datitude podcast. That's almost like word for word like answering some of the things that I said last Monday. If it's true, if you are listening, Derek, welcome to the Datitude family. Anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. I know you go on with my friend Zach Ewing every week. You're, you're more than welcome to come on the show. Doesn't change anything what I've said or feel or whatever. Derek Carr has been... Good to very good when he's A, not injured, and B, has protection. But, I mean, you could say that about a lot of quarterbacks, right? But I'm not even blaming him for at least two games for sure that he shouldn't have played in. Probably three that he shouldn't have played in, including last week. He should not have been playing last week. They won 28-6. to six. It doesn't change my feeling about this coaching staff. I thought Dennis Allen's defensive game plan yesterday was outstanding. Not just because of the numbers. Now, sure, the numbers kind of back that up. And you go and look at some of the key figures when you're looking 
yards per play, 3.2 for the Giants. They only had 3.2 yards per play. And by the way, the Saints were two, two out of two in the red zone yesterday. But the thing, one of the things that Dennis Allen talked about that stands out is third down efficiency. Saints were 6 of 12. 50% is great. The Giants, 2 of 16. Tommy DeVito sacked seven times. Passing yo, where did he come from? Passing yo and Brisset combined for five sacks yesterday. That's great. Where have they been all year? You can't get super fired up about playing a team that I thought was either the second worst, and I said this before the game, so I'm not saying anything I didn't say before. I'm not being a hypocrite. This is, this is from my prediction. You can go back to Thursday and what I, or Friday and what I said with Larry Holder, why I thought this team would win the way they won today. It was not a good matchup for the Giants. I'm not taking anything away from the Saints. It was not a good matchup for the Giants. The Saints were finishing a three-game homestand. The Giants were going on the road on a short week after winning an emotional game with an inexperienced quarterback who hadn't faced a team probably like this since he got in there. And he had the pressure that I kind of expected him to have. I didn't expect the Saints to have seven sacks. But again, that goes... Dennis Allen, when he, at certain times, he shows you why some of his defenses have been the best in the league. Because he's an outstanding defensive coach. I thought the defensive game plan was outstanding. What I didn't think was outstanding was, despite how well Derek Carr played, I thought the offensive game planning was not good. There were some times when they were so predictable, and I said this to Zach Ewing sitting, sitting upstairs. I'm like, it's second and four. They're lined up in Camaro with a single back set. They're going to hand off to Camaro, and he's either going to go off left guard or right guard. Where's the money? Show me the money. I would have got him. I think I got him all right. Alvin Camaro didn't have that great of a day. 16 of 66. 16 carries for 66 yards. They still can't run the ball. 28 carries, 87 yards. Didn't use Taysom right, although Taysom was still kind of banged up, so I'll give him, give him a pass on that. But there's one particular series that really bugged me, bugged the hell out of me. Saints are up 7-3 towards the end of the first half. Giants kickers hurt. It's clear that the Giants, at first, looked like they were just trying to run out the clock and go to the half. DeVito incomplete. DeVito incomplete. So now it's third and 22. Then they get the, uh, the penalty, the BS penalty that I talked about. Shoulder into chest. But they hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley to run into the two-minute warning. You come out of the two-minute warning, second and seven. They give it to Barkley again. He gets two yards, so now it's third and five. So you call timeout. You call timeout right there. No timeout call. Oh, wait, they do call timeout. 35 seconds later with 125 left because they're confused. And what happens when they come out of the timeout? They get a pass to Breida for a few yards. New Orleans, they're at the Saints 44. Then the Saints call timeout again because it's fourth and two. They think they're going to get the ball back. 
Nope. Giants go for it and get it. But the point is, they weren't ready for any of that. They completely were confused. They had no idea what the Giants were going to do. They didn't know what they were going to do. Everything seems to go in, in high-speed motion for this coaching staff. It's like they had a great defensive game plan, but they didn't know what to do in-game. That's the thing that bugs me more than anything. But yet, Dennis Allen had some attitude. I appreciate it. It's better than what we've, we, we have been saying. Derek Carr's talking about this is why we're positive, brother. He didn't fight with his center yesterday. I guess that's good. You know? I don't know. I mean, I, look, like I said, it's positive they played that they're what I think. You know, it's funny because they went 24 to 6, which is by fewer points than they won last week against Carolina, but yet played. I mean, it's not even close how much better they played in this game. Just goes to show, show the score can be misleading. They played immensely better in this game than they played against Carolina. Again, a better matchup probably. Carolina's got a decent defense. The Giants don't have anything that's good. They came in ranked 31st in total offense and 26th in total defense. Don't get fooled by that three-game winning streak. People might going to jump. Look. But enjoy it. I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Enjoy it. What's going to happen this week? If the Saints can win this game, if the Saints go to L.A., and I'm going to talk about this game and preview this game for like five minutes before we go off the air because, we will, we're, again, we're not going to have a show again until for 10 days. I think the 28th is the day we come back, 27th to 28th. By the way, when we come back, uh, not only do we have Larry Holder, I'm trying to get Jeff Duncan and Clyde Verdan and have another Holder, Duncan Holder reunion, but we're going to have Hold the Mayo on. Do you know who Hold the Mayo is? If you don't, go find him on YouTube. He's hilarious. Saints fan, yet just like me, we're going to have fun talking for 15 to 20 minutes. But so with this being the last show before, like before then, the next time I talk to you, the Saints will either be 8 and 6, or they'll be, no, 8 and 7 or 7 and 8. See, my shot math fails me sometimes. But if they can play like this against the Rams, and I'll, it's like I said, all I've been asking for all year long, and I think most fans ask for, if your team stinks and they're busting their ass, kind of like the Giants almost. Look, the Giants, the fans are ticked off, but they're 5 and 9. No one expected them to really go to the playoffs. Like, oh, it was fun while it lasted. The Giants just stink. But they were busting their asses. They have other problems. They say, signed Danny Dimes to a long-term contract. They're screwed. But the fans, for that short period of time, even if it were three, three to four weeks, gave their fans some hope and something to look for and, and watch and enjoy. Think if you're a fan of the Houston Texans right now. Think about that team that went out there and they played a, a Tennessee team that was mocking them, wearing the love you powder blues in Tennessee in the cold rain and wind. Houston had their number one receiver was gone. Their number two receiver was gone. Their potential Pro Bowl rookie quarterback was gone. Yet D'Amico Ryan's 
had that team ready to play. They're only one game better than the Saints. They're eight and six. They're also in a tie for first place in their division after Jacksonville stunk it up against Baltimore last night and Trevor Lawrence is now in the concussion protocol again. Just think about that. The difference in mentality between teams, even though their records and their situations are nearly identical. All you ask for when you watch your team is that they bust their ass every week and go into the game prepared. The Saints went into this game at least defensively as prepared as they could possibly be and offensively prepared enough, I guess. They had outstanding play from their quarterback, which helped everything. But it sure beats the hell out of what we've been watching for most of the year. So I guess what I'm saying is it was great to see the people who still love the Saints and still have hope and still want them to go to the playoffs. That's what I'm talking about. I love the fact that people came at me yesterday and this morning, as a matter of fact, still coming at me on Twitter. I don't know how the hell I had a tweet that got viewed like 65,000 times. And people are coming out, and it's probably 50-50 at this point. 50% of the people are laughing and backing my, my original thought of, this is embarrassing, this is New Orleans, you're supposed to be at the game. Some people talking about they're boycotting. And then other people coming at me saying, oh, it was much different later. No, it wasn't. It was a little louder than last week. There might have been a few more people than last week in actual attendance, but zoom in on that crowd. I don't, I mean, Saints fans don't want this to go back to being what this was in the mid-90s and before they ever had winning seasons. Nobody wants to go back to that. They could turn this thing around. Enjoy it while it lasts. I still say next year is a cluster, you know what, and it's going to be an awful season, and there's going to be a lot to be miserable about. I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. But I know what I saw yesterday is not necessarily what I'm going to see next week or the last three weeks. I mean, it, it possibly, I don't think this is the case, it's possible that's the last win of the year. And then you go back to even the people who are positive can't be positive anymore. But that's all you want. You want people to have hope. You want people to have a reason to cheer for this team. At least you gave them that yesterday. Will you continue it? Don't go to L.A. and lay an egg. All we ask for is for you not to screw it up. If you go to L.A., you bust your ass, and you lose, you know what? I think most people would be fine with that. Of course, you can have your regular yahoos are really pulling for you to lose. There are people that actually do that, and they're just miserable human beings. Because I really think, I think if you're honest, I mean, there are people who are saying, I'm rooting for them to lose, but don't really mean it. Because when you watch the game, you can't help but root for them. I understand that. But the people who are, like, really rooting for them to lose, like thinking if they lose that they'll blow this thing up and everything will get better. I think those people just in, like real who really believe that are just in general miserable people. If you're listening to me and that's you, I'm sorry. Just calling it what it is. Spade meets spade. 
Root for your team to win, and when they do, enjoy it. Again, go to L.A., bust your ass. If you play like you played yesterday, you're probably going to win. But if you don't, and you play like you played yesterday, and you give it all you got, I don't think anybody can ask for more than that. I mean, sure, we can sit here and say this needs to be changed or whatever, but no one's going to question your heart. And quite frankly, before this week, that's what we've been talking about in this show for like the last six weeks in a row. We're questioning your heart. I'm keeping it positive, brother. Well, you keep it positive. If that helps you win a damn football game or at least play like you played yesterday, then keep it positive. But if you keep it positive and you lose 28 to 10, I'm going to make fun of you. And so, and a lot of people are going to be pissed off and come at you. It is what it is. That's Derry's dime. That's Derry's dime. What will they do this week? Saints are, I didn't look at it since the games have been played, but before yesterday, the Saints were a four-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, excuse me, four-and-a-half-point underdog to go into L.A. I don't know when the last, when's the last time the Saints have been four-and-a-half-point underdogs? Goes to show a couple things. One is how easy the schedule's been. Because the fact that this crappy-ass, low-performing, underperforming, whatever team you want to call them, has not been a four-and-a-half-point underdog this year says a whole lot about the competition they played. What would the Saints be if they went into San Francisco? Um, probably, I'm not exaggerating, probably about a ten-and-a-half-point dog. That's probably being nice. With their four-and-a-half-point dog, again, I haven't looked. I'm not going to click on it. It's probably four-ish. The Rams won. Can the Saints go in L.A. and win? Absolutely. Uh, but I think this will be the first time in a few weeks that uh, I pick them to lose. I thought they would surprise people against Detroit. They kind of did after that uh, horrendous start. Just think if they had won one other game. And we're eight and six right now. How much difference that would make? Make a big deal. How about the Atlanta Falcons choking yesterday? Atlanta Falcons lost to the Carolina Panthers. Somebody I know called that one. Panthers money line. I called it. <laughs> Go back to the Friday show. I talked about it with Larry Holder. If you don't believe me, it's on. Uh, got proof. Why? Because the Falcons. I've said this before too. Falcons and Saints are like mirror images of one one another. They can't stand prosperity. They can't win multiple, like, I guess two games in a row is multiple, but I don't think either one of them are capable of winning three games in a row. That's why I don't like the Saints this week. I don't know that this team's capable of winning three in a row. The Falcons gave the game, Desmond Ritter is awful, gave the game away. That's who they are. But meanwhile, you got a Bucks team, and you know what? You'd say a lot of things about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They might have the talent. They might not have the talent, but they have Baker Mayfield who is busting his ass every single game. You basically get the same Baker Mayfield every game. That's I guess that's one of the things that upsets me about Derek Carr. You don't get the same Derek Carr every game. You don't get the same offensive game plan every game, a quality of game plan. 
The Bucs don't try to outsmart themselves. They know who they are. You see a player in Rashad White, their running back, their young running back, who has gotten immensely better from the beginning of the season to now. Immensely better. Who on this Saints team would you say has got immensely better since the season started? I don't know if there is one. I'm not talking about one game. Paulson Debo played a great game yesterday. Does that mean he's immensely better from week one? I'm talking about over the course of time, every game you watch him, the kid gets better. I don't know. I mean, if you were Mike Evans, you might actually think about staying in Tampa Bay right now. They have completely overachieved. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. I didn't think they would win seven games this year. Meanwhile, the Saints should have won 10 or 11 this year at minimum. They got to win out to win 10. They probably have to win out to win the division, to be honest. I mean, we say this isn't a must-win against the Rams, but if you lose and Tampa Bay beats Jacksonville, you're basically done. So you better be rooting for the Jaguars this week. And again, Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. There's a chance he doesn't play. And if he doesn't play, I don't know that the, uh, the Jackson can win that game. So if Tampa wins this game, so you won't know, obviously, you have to treat it as a must win. Because if the Saints lose and Tampa wins, it takes much a whole lot of luster off of their meeting in Week 17. Because even if Tampa Bay were to lose to the Saints and they'd be tied again, Tampa Bay has the tiebreaker. And guess who Tampa Bay plays in the last week? The Carolina Panthers. You think they're going to lose that game? With the season on the line, the way Baker Mayfield's playing, nope. So maybe this is a must win. Don't like the spot at all. We'll see who's right and who's wrong. That is going to wrap it up for us today. Um, I will say this. It's been a weird show. It's been a weird weekend. Again, I didn't expect that many people to, like, respond to a, a picture. I mean, I thought I might get, like, one or two responses. Got a ton of responses. Oh, uh, there, there is a, an email that I didn't read uh, from a listener. Drew LeBlanc said um, uh, from Friday's pod, he has to disagree with the enjoy the run show with my, you know, enjoy it while it lasts, especially, and he's being completely tongue-in-cheek because I said this, especially since I could be dead tomorrow. Is this what Saints fandom has come to this year? At least I'm not dead. Let's have a better expectation. That's not what my expectation is. It's not about expectation. He missed the point. Cheer for us to use, lose, he says. Hell yes. Are the next few years going to be a blank show? Sure. So let's cheer to blow up this year and get our best draft pick possible. Um, again, Drew, you're missing the point. I mean, I'm not using expectations. Our expectations of what this team should be are long gone. Cheer for the team to win so you'll enjoy it, be less frustrated, because losing solves nothing. I've said this before. I'll say it again. What does losing do for you? Do you think that losing, if they blow this team up and get somebody new in here and have a better draft pick is going to do anything for this team? What does getting a draft pick do for a team that 
has shown, as at least as of late, they don't know how to draft. Why would you want them to get a better draft pick? What good does that do? They're not going to go draft. If you have sh- visions of sugar plums in your head that this team's going to draft Jaden Daniels, you cray-cray. It ain't going to happen. First of all, he'll never make it to where the Saints are. Second of all, the Saints are not going to trade up to, to draft a quarterback. It ain't going to happen, especially not when they're riding on the shoulders of Derek Carr next year because they're going to be delusional, okay? This team's going to be delusional and go into next year and think they're going to be good. Hey, I guess I'd rather them think they're going to be good than, than go into season thinking where it's think, although Mickey Loomis may be realistic and know the truth but just not tell anybody. But they're not going to draft a quarterback. If somehow Jaden Daniels falls to wherever the Saints are, they're not going to draft a quarterback. So my long-winded point is, none of the stuff you want to happen if they lose is going to happen. It just means that they're going to lose this year and they're going to stink next year, and then you'll be doubly frustrated. None of the stuff you want to happen is going to happen. It's not what I want to happen. It's being realistic. So root for them to win. Root for them to win Thursday. Root for them to win against Tampa Bay. Root for them to win against Atlanta. And root for them to win in the playoffs if they get there. According to whatever analytics NBC uses, they have a 48% chance of making the playoffs. I think that's about right. I think they could, if they lose to the Rams, basically what you're hoping for is a chance to get in the wild card at that point. I think Tampa Bay is starting to look more and more like they're going to win this division, and I was wrong a few weeks ago when I said Tampa Bay stinks. They're not going to win anything. Looks like I was wrong. Maybe like, uh, you think they listen to this Christmas song in Tommy DeVito's house? I'm trying to think of the way to go out today. It had to be Christmas. So, you know, one of my best friends, Dominic, he listens to the show. We, we joke about him. Uncle Big Nick and I joke about him all the time. So, in Tommy DeVito, hey, yo. He did, I probably didn't like that. They had some people, like, kind of giving the Saints grief for, for mocking DeVito when they sacked him. Yeah, well, come on, man. What do you expect? You're not getting a pass, kid. You're just not. Are they playing this song this weekend in the DeVito household as they eat spaghetti and meatballs for Christmas? Hey, I'm not making fun. I'll tell you one day about the story about my wife and I, our first Christmas together, and we had spaghetti and meatballs and no ham. We still talk about that Christmas 18 years later. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. But hey, I've been wrong before. Call me the donkey. Call me Dominic the donkey. It's Derry the donkey. Derry the German, Irish, French donkey. Oh, All right, well, that has done it. We have made it through 199 episodes. Number 200 is coming up next week. A week from Thursday, I believe that is the 28th. That is when we'll see you next time. So, with that, no matter what happens on Thursday, I hope everyone out there in Datitude land has a very merry Christmas, a wonderful week. When we see you a week from Thursday, we'll be talking about the new year. we got one more show left in 2023. We hope you can join us. We love y'all. Peace and love, my friends. And Dominic starts to dance. They talk Italian to him and he even understands. Kumbaras and Kumbaras do they dance a darandel. When Santa Nicola 
comes to town and brings old Jochari. Hey, jingity jing, it's time to make the donkey jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 la. Hey, Dominic, what a nadala! Oh, 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 oh,